Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Recording Podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. up guys uh welcome back to our virtual weekend gathering we're uh, in the middle of a series called would you be my neighbor um kind of a play on mr rogers and it's actually a series that we've been doing and and talking about doing rather for quite some time and then COVID hit and so things just kind of kept changing and it's a kind of an awkward conversation to have in the midst of a pandemic about how you neighbor well or maybe it's intentionally like this is the perfect time to have this kind of a conversation but uh, with that being said, I just want to kind of lay it out there this week. I've only got a couple of minutes that I want to share in my heart. And, you know, I would love to joke and tell you that I'd love to take a whole hour and kind of just dump all these thoughts and, and things that I've been wrestling with on you and and with you for us to process together. But the, the heart of the Would You Be My Neighbor series, for me at least, really hinges on, for me, how often I've seen counterfeit hospitality. And so I want to speak about that this morning. Um or evening, or whenever it is uh, that you're watching this. But for me, counterfeit hospitality is something that I have seen push away so many people that have come in contact with Christians and within the church. And it's something that has always created not only a sense of frustration and even anger at times with for me, but also it's created a sense of apathy and a sense of just uh, what's the point of caring kind of thoughts. And so I I want to challenge you this morning as a part of, of Awaken or a part of whatever community that you come from. Uh, hopefully you're a part of a faith community in some regard, but wherever you find yourself on that journey, and I hope that you give yourself permission to kind of figure this out together, but this idea of, of being radically ordinary and how we show hospitality to people requires the blending of both the host and the guests. And what I mean by that is, you know, when like when I have people over to my home and, and we have a meal together, we, we hang out, our kids play or whatever is going on, there's a sense of of hosting that I feel and I love it. I, I enjoy it. I, I lean heavily into that role. But there's also this moment, hopefully, when people are engaging with me in my home where they feel like they're in a safe space for them to feel like it is homely to them as well. That there's not this clear divide between host and guest, that there is this blending of this is our space together for the, at least the next few moments that we have, whether that ends up being hours or, or minutes. Um, hopefully there's a blending that takes place. And I think the best way to give you like a real life example of where we see counterfeit um hospitality there's there's like the sinful kind the kind that we're going to talk about in just a second and then it's just the there's like a, a normal like reality side of it too so the normal side is like when you go to starbucks right and you get a drink uh, and there you know there's a there's a homey environment or maybe your place is panera or a local coffee shop or whatever it is right but there's this homey sense of of you're in someone's space but you've been welcomed in to kind of bring who you are into it um, and hopefully the barista or the people that you talk to created that space and that environment for you to have as well. That is counterfeit hospitality, right? It's not, they're not 
truly engaging in you. And I don't mean this to sound mean, but they don't care truly about what's going on in your life. They don't have the capacity to, they're there to work a job. Um, and I've met some amazing baristas and I've had some amazing impromptu organic conversations at coffee shops. So it's not to say that it can't be done, but by nature, that space is not designed for genuine hospitality. It's designed for the service of you know giving you a welcoming space, right? And there's a big difference between having an environment that welcomes you in and being hospitable. Um, you know, there's a lot of examples out there, but that was probably the easiest one I could think of, of kind of counterfeit hospitality. And if we're not careful, we carry this over into our homes and that's where it becomes sinful. When we begin to separate ourselves from other people, whether they're our neighbors, our coworkers, our family, uh, people in our lives that we begin to create this distance of an us versus them, which we've talked a lot about. But when it comes to hospitality, the very nature that that God calls us to, and as Jeff said so well, he calls all of us to, it's not just a spiritual gift of hospitality, but for all of us is to create this organic, very real and genuine hospitality where the lines between host and guest become blurry. You know, someone uh, as simple as, you know, someone saying, hey, let me get that glass of water for you. No, no, it's okay. I got it. And they feel welcomed into your space, right? Hey, let me help you with the dishes, you know, uh, or in the conversation and how they conduct themselves, right? There's just this posture that can be experienced and felt that happens when someone is in your home or in a space with you. And it can be at a restaurant or a coffee shop or a bar or whatever, but someone engages in that space with you. You can tell when there's a genuine sense of, of, of host and guest together. And for some of you, myself included into this, I'm an extrovert and I'm also a talker and uh, shocking. And I engage with people a lot of times through verbally processing. And so for me, I have to learn as a host how to not talk all the time, but ask good questions instead. Because I genuinely do want to hear what's going on in your life. I genuinely do want to know what what your story is and how you got here and what you're wrestling with. I genuinely want to care about those things. But if I'm not careful, I end up just by nature of, of my default, driving so much of the conversation with my own words that I don't stop long enough to engage with the person I'm with. And so for me, part of real hospitality versus counterfeit hospitality is knowing the the indirect but sinful nature that I can have at times of, of just kind of selfishly driving the conversation and not stopping long enough to say, hey, hang on a second, how can I host well in this conversation? I, I get we're in the middle of a pandemic. So some of these things that maybe you're not comfortable with, like inviting people into your homes, obviously, you know, phases are changing and things are starting to open up again. And that's great. And hopefully we continue in that trend. But ultimately, what I continue to want to speak to, and I think we've done a lot of this in the last several months of COVID, is not give you so much practical step-by-step -step do this. There's a lot of things I would be happy to help you figure out one, two, three, four, five things you could do. But what I really want to help encourage you is to learn a posture and a perspective to gain a lens in which you can see the world differently. Right? If, if I've done that as a pastor, as a friend, as a brother, then I feel like I have accomplished the goal that I've been trying to reach, which is to help you see the world differently. And hopefully by seeing the world differently, it results in different changes. But practically speaking, what it's going to look like for you may look very different for me. And that's sometimes hard for me to realize that your 
version of walking this out as a Christ follower is going to look different than mine. And I've learned to embrace that a lot over the last few months as I'm learning to embrace my own form of what it means to walk this out faithfully as someone who loves Jesus and knows that that's looking different today than it has in the past. Again, not to say that my occupation has been you know, defining my relationship with God, but it's, it's a huge part of who I've been and, and what I'm doing. And so as that shifts, figuring out how I walk this new journey is going to be one that I'm excited about. I'm a little scared and nervous about, and I'm also, I know that it will look different. And I think embracing that change is something that comes even in this conversation of being a good host is that when you know there are people around you in your life or you yourself are walking through change, there's a noticeable difference between the kind of person who genuinely wants to love you and care for you in that and the people who are doing it just as counterfeit or um, as a fraud, basically. And uh, it's easy for us to get uh, cynical or calloused in this if we're not careful. And unfortunately, the church right now, in my opinion, has a bad rap in some of those areas because, you know, Christians aren't known for throwing the best parties. Christians aren't known for being the most generous people. Christians aren't known for being people that have people in their homes that look and sound and think different than them. Christians are often right now known for what they're against, um, for for being known for uh, how they um, hold certain values or beliefs even above people at times. Um, Christians are not known for these genuine values that I think Christ intended for us. And it's sad, really. And it's not to say that it can't be changed. And it's not to say that you yourself are a part of that. It just means that we have an uphill battle right now. And I choose today, and I'm inviting you to choose as well, to see the hope. That there is hope in the story of being a Christ follower. It's messy. It is 100% messy and it's far easier sometimes just to walk away trust me but it is it is the right and the hard choice that align together to push through and to see hope that begins to think what could this look like what would it look like if i did this decision instead of this decision romans 12 is one of my favorite chapters in, in all of scripture and i love it because paul is just not only brutally honest But it's just line by line, like every day I could read it and miserably fail at most of it, but feel like that's my goal. Like if I could do those things today, I left the world a better place today. I transformed part of who I am today. I impacted someone's life today. One of the things that Paul states in this chapter right around verse 9 and 10 is he says, don't just pretend to love people, but really love them. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. This this whole idea of love is that the world can see right through counterfeit love. And it's honestly turned off so many people to Christianity. In fact, maybe you yourself right now, you're watching this and you've been turned off to Christians and to the church because of that. Maybe you're someone who's a recovering Christian and you're, re- you're rediscovering what that looks like. Uh, I've had my fair share of battle wounds and scars within the church. Um, And it's not because of some 
pride or or sense of I've done something great because I really haven't. I've just I'm thankful that I've had people around me who have always pointed back to this perspective of, but imagine what it could be. And each day, I think you and I have a choice to either to pretend to love people or to really love them. And it's significantly harder. And it seems like such an obvious thing, right? Like nothing I'm saying on this video hopefully comes across as rocket science. But the issue is that it's so much harder for us for us to navigate what it means for us to really love and genuinely love people in this world today because it requires work it requires time it requires resources you know one of the things that i'm wrestling with right now in this series talking about you know would you be my neighbor is how do i adjust my own personal finances to live a little bit less than what i need so that i can regularly be hospitable and generous in some new ways. Um, and that's one of my practical challenges because I feel like I have not created enough margin for me to be hospitable in certain areas maybe that God's calling me to be. And so that's one of the things that right now I'm evaluating. And obviously there's some occupational things changing for me and, and just uh, things that I'm trying to figure out for our household. but. It doesn't change the conversation that I want to create margin to be more hospitable and more generous with the resources that I have. I believe 100% that it's so easy again for us to default to. It's my money, it's my time, it's my resources, it's my house. And if we're not careful, these things shift from being resources into being idols. And these idols begin to take over our lives and we become slaves to them instead of them being tools from us. These things that God designed for us to have in our lives that are good and well-intended end up steering us and driving us into making decisions that are not God's best for us. And that's how we get into the sinful counterfeit hospitality of, yeah, you have a house and yeah, you can throw a party, but is your heart and posture one to blend the hosts and the guests? Or is it one to simply just, you know, look like you have it all together to, you know, throw a party because it's what you're supposed to do to not feel alone? What's your motive behind it? Is it genuinely to engage with people? This is what has so often defined us as human beings is that when we can interact with someone who we can tell genuinely loves and cares about us versus someone who's just there temporarily. And that's not just a Christian thing. That's a, that's a human being thing, right? But when God tells us that he absolutely loves us with this emphatic love, there's this imitation role that then we carry out into the world. And I think part of understanding hospitality right now, and it's going to really challenge the believer that's listening to this is, you know, I think about this story often right now about how Jesus tells this parable in the gospels of there's a shepherd tending to his flock and there's a hundred sheep basically. And there's 99 sheep and one gets away and the shepherd leaves the 99 to go chase after the one sheep. And so logically, you know, there's this thought process for all of us thinking, you know, why would someone leave the 99 sheep that they have to pursue the one? And I think part of what I think about 
when I think about the 99 versus the one is the heart of our Savior, the heart of, of Jesus, because not only is there this pursuit of the one, but I think if we're being honest, as hard as this may be for some of you to hear, some for me to hear, I think Jesus gets emphatically more excited about the one being found and coming back than the 99 being well behaved. Like you can do great things as the 99. You can read your Bible. You can go to church. You can give your, your offering. You can do these things as good stewards. You can open up your home. You can be a part of a community. You can even serve and help the homeless and do great things. But if your heart isn't cheering for Jesus to pursue the one and bring that person home because you're so occupied with your well-behaved Christianity, then you're missing the entire point of what it means to love genuinely as a believer. And that love is what postures us around genuine, real, no BS hospitality. Because when I invite someone into my home, whether they're a believer or not, I want to leave feeling like I am cheering for that person more than I ever was before. Because now I know their heart. I know what's going on. I can care. I can support them. But if I'm just going through the motions of being a good host, of just having a well-cooked meal, my home looks pretty, things are going well, I miss the entire heart of my Savior which is to pursue the one and pursue the moment or the situation or the divine di disruption in your life so that all can be made whole again. And if that perspective is not something that you wrestle with or maybe you've even considered, then I would strongly encourage you to really stop and ask that honest question this week. Am I just content being a well-behaved 99? Or am I an active participant and cheerleader in my Messiah helping to pursue the one? Yeah, there's an entire eternal conversation we could have about it. But practically speaking, I just want us to love people well. And I want people to see the kind of Christians that I know we can be by the ways in which we pursue the marginalized, the oppressed, the neighbors, the alienated, those who are out there right now feeling like they're all alone. And the church should throw the best parties, but we should also be the ones with the biggest hearts showing up in those moments when no one else does. Not because we're superheroes, but because our eyes have been opened to see people the way that Jesus sees people. I don't know for you where you intersect with this conversation. And we've talked about this already in the series. It's not about a personality. It's about a perspective shift. I hope that when I reflect back on my life, that I wasn't a well-behaved 99. And I think that's part of the journey that I'm on right now personally, is how do I learn what it means to not be the well-behaved 99, but to really be Philip and part of the undeniable piece of who I am is that I emphatically want to love and care for people well, but I also want to do it in a way that's healthy and appropriate for me and for my family and for people around me with boundaries. And I think sometimes I just get so caught up in just going through the motions, you know? And I think, I hope and pray that 
the simple profound message of, of this week is not that you somehow start giving lots of money or that you host a hundred people into your home every week. I, I would just want you to ask the question, God, what does it mean for me to really love and not to do counterfeit hospitality, but to really love and genuinely care for people well so that I'm the one rooting for Jesus to go get the one and sometimes maybe even volunteering to go with him. What would it look like for me to stop being so concerned about my well-behaved Christianity and start being more like Jesus? They should be the same, but they're absolutely not. The radically yet ordinary way that Jesus shows hospitality in the Gospels requires a lifestyle change of our finances, our time, our energy, and our perspectives. It changes our marriages, it changes our parenting, it changes our relationships, it changes our mission. And the hope that we have is that the world will see something different than what they've seen before. I'm gonna mix things up this week. I'm gonna leave you with two questions instead of three. I know I'm breaking all the rules, so it's my last week, so just deal with it. The first question I wanna leave you with is this week is, are you more interested right now in being the 99 or helping Jesus find the one? And question two, what is it going to take for you to start really loving people? Are you becoming apathetic? Are you someone who's drifting into the calloused nature are you hurt and wounded right now for people not loving you well and so it's changed how you love people back? What is it going to take for you to take the next step on your journey wherever you are and to genuinely love people well? Again, I'm not assuming that you're not, but what's the next step for you? What's the thing that you are currently holding back that's preventing you from loving someone or loving people well? I love you guys. This has been this has been an amazing journey to be a part of the teaching and executive pastor and awaken to operate in the role that I've been in. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do. I'm excited to see how I get to continue to be a part of this community. Uh, for so often, awaken has been uh, a safe place for me, and I'm excited to continue to live into that. And and I'm going to do something pretty daring and invite you to love me well in this season because it's something that I could use and would invite you to figure out what that looks like in our relationship as things change. But I hope that uh, hope that you really wrestle with some of my thoughts this week, uh, some of the things that God's doing in my own heart. And again, love you guys. And Emmy and I appreciate each and every one of you guys. And we'll see you soon. Take care.